What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the From the Host podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sugar, and here with my good buddy and co-host, Mike Riley. What's going on, Mike? Hey, I'm doing great today. Today we got a, a good topic, but first I want to give a shout out to one of our mastermind students, Sam. Sam's been in the mastermind for about six months now. He just got his sixth property up and running in six months. So he's been crushing it all while doing a W-2, and uh, he's got two little kids running around as well. So being a good father is important to him, but ultimately he's trying to reach financial freedom as quickly as possible. So um, congrats, Sam. Like keep keep pushing, keep uh, keep hunting. I know you're going to get seven and eight here in the next month or so. So uh, and I think he just got an award at work too, right? For, yeah. For like excellent performance. Like yeah. To boot. I think he got like he's in sales, so I think he got top rep of the year or something like that. Um, while building this business as well. So it's, uh, it. it's huge, but nice uh, we've got a great, great topic for today. So the topic today is what are the five KPIs, top KPIs that you need for your Airbnb business? So yeah, that's a great question, right? So first off, what is a KPI, right? For those of you, if this is like a foreign language, KPI is key performance indicator. And it's really important to start establishing this from the beginning. Um, because as you scale, this is how you're going to run your business, right? This is what I look at every single week with my team. And it's how I know if we're on track or off track and if we need to make adjustments, right? So I've jotted down some notes here. I've got more than five, but I'm going to break it down and just keep it simple for you guys, especially as you're getting started or as you're just starting to scale. Top five KPIs that you want to look for in your Airbnb short-term rental business. First one's pretty obvious. You want to track your revenue. So what is your month to date revenue per property? And then I also look at it as a whole for the portfolio, but what's our uh, current month to date revenue. And then I want to look, look 30, 60, 90 days out. So I'm not getting caught, you know, next month of like, wow, like, why don't we have any bookings or, Hey, why didn't we unblock these dates for whatever reason? Right? So you want to know what your current month is. And then you want to look forward so that you can forecast, like, how are we looking 30, 60, 90 days down the line. All right. So that's the first major KPA. That one's pretty obvious. You want to know how much money you're bringing in. The second one is what is your occupancy rate? All right. Same deal. How much upside do I have left this month and next month and the rest of the quarter? All right. Because your revenue is great, but it's also a blend of like, okay, if, if my revenue is 5,000 this month for this property and we're hundred percent booked, well, we're tapped out. But if we're at 5k in revenue, and we're 60% booked, okay, like, can we make some tweaks or what else can we do to push the rest of those bookings, and maybe get it to six, seven, eight, nine thousand to finish out the month. So you want to know how much upside you have left. Same thing for this month, following month and the rest of the quarter. So that again, you can forecast and start to predict a little bit more consistency in your revenue and your occupancy. The next one is your average daily rate. <clears throat> so what am I getting per night? Like, what am I charging consistently per night? And again, same deal. What is it this month? What is it next month? What is it average for the rest of the quarter? Because a lot of businesses are going to have seasonality with short-term rentals, right? In the summer months, it's typically hot season for everybody. Everybody's revenues through the roof. And then in certain parts of the country, in certain parts of the world, you know, you hit December, January, February, and those are typically your cooler months. So what was my average daily rate this month? And once you start tracking these, then I can go back and say, all right, well, what was my occupancy? What was my revenue? What was my ADR last year? And how are we benchmarking against that now? So we want to start tracking that like consistently month over month, week after week, so that you know, like, are we on track and how are we doing compared to last year and the year before? So you want to make sure that you're tracking that data. So that's number three is your average daily rate. Okay. 
The next one is something called RevPal or RevPAR. And this is a benchmark that hotels use. And this is probably, in my opinion, the most useful because people ask me all the time, you know, what's better, a higher occupancy or a higher ADR? And I'm like, I don't really care how much money to bring in, right? What RevPAL, revenue per available listing or revenue per available room does is it basically takes that $5,000 of revenue that we talked about for the month and it just divides it by however many days we're in that month. So it just levels the playing field. So it's like, how much did this property make me every single day over the course of a month, right? So that's a nice blend of your ADR and your occupancy with the revenue of like, okay, this property, yeah, our ADR is 250 a night, but if I'm only 50% booked, how much did that property actually make me over the last 30 days? So it's called RevPal. If you've got a property management system, you'll typically be able to get it from that. If you're just on some of the OTAs, you can just do this calculation manually. What was my total revenue for the month divided by the number of days in the month? That's my RevPal. Okay, so this is a great way for you to track, like I said, how much money am I actually making every single day on each of these properties, okay? And it's yeah. a nice way as you add more units, like which of my units are actually making me the most money per night? Yep. And also a quick tip, if you're having, if you're having trouble sleeping at night, just look at your rev pal before you go to bed. Cause that's how much money that you're making while you're sleeping. So yeah. I like that. Nice I like up. that. So that was, uh, that was number four. Uh, the next one is what's your review score? Like what is your average review score on all of your listings? So you can get that from Airbnb, you can get it from Verbo, you can get it from booking.com, whatever channels you're on, but what's your average review score? And then on top of that, review the negative reviews that you've gotten. I see a lot of people in different Facebook groups or wherever, and they just complain about the negative reviews that they get. I'm like, well, if, if it keeps consistently happening and it's a pattern, what are you doing wrong? Like check your ego at the door. These are learning opportunities. Yes, every once in a while, you're going to get a guest that just loves to complain. But put your ego aside and like, do they have valid points? Like, was this an issue? Would I be annoyed with this? Will other guests be annoyed with this? And then fix it. Don't just sweep it under the rug and blame it on the guests. Take ownership over your business. So pay attention to your reviews. Pay attention to your review scores, right? Maintain those super host, premier host statuses on the platforms because it's going to attract more people to you, right? But if you, I can't. I can't drill this one enough, right? We review all of these weekly and a lot more with my team and we'll go line by line reviewing any negative reviews that we got and just like, all right, what can we do to fix that? Or how do we prevent that from happening again? And use that as a learning tool because you're, if you're improving that every single week, your listing gets better and better and better and better and better. Even if you think it's something silly, like, oh, guest gave me a negative review because I didn't have a can opener. Okay, that's a little aggressive for not having a can opener. But guess what? Go buy a freaking can opener. And now you won't have that issue anymore, right? So just pay attention to them and actually implement the learning lessons that you're getting from running your business. So just a quick recap. We've got our, we got to be tracking our revenue, our occupancy, our average daily rate, our rev par, and our review scores. Those are like the minimums that you should be tracking. Right. I'll give you guys a couple bonus ones that we like to track as well. What's your average length of stay? And what is your booking window? Like how far in advance are people booking your property and how long are they typically staying? Because when you start collecting that data and you start reviewing it, it's like, oh, 
that's good intel for you to actually dial in your pricing, right? I love Price Labs. I use them in our business. We recommend them. I'll put a link down below for a free trial for them. But without tracking that type of data over time, you're not getting the full benefit of the tool. Because as an example, one of our properties gets a ton of last minute bookings, okay? If I didn't know that and I'm setting hyper aggressive discounts because I don't have anybody staying there tomorrow or the next day or the next day, I'm losing revenue because this property gets a lot of corporate travel, a lot of local travel for people renovating houses or whatever. We get a lot of last minute bookings. If I wasn't paying attention to those, then my dynamic pricing is going to be off. Like it's just going to be off, right? Where, you know, the Florida place, people plan Disney vacation six, nine, 12, 18 months in advance. So if I'm not full, like next week, I probably should start discounting my rates to try and get a last minute booking in there. Right. So you need to pay attention to those things. And then same thing with the average length of stay. If some of my more corporate properties, they have a lot of one night stays, two night stays. Great. Then I'm not going to make the property a three night minimum. But if I've got an 11 bedroom house near Disney, most people are going to be going for a week or at least four or five days. So like we set the minimum is five days, right? Because I want to try and minimize the amount of gaps in my calendar between bookings, right? So when you understand those KPIs in your business, it's going to make you a more effective operator. It's going to give the guests a better experience and it's going to maximize your revenue month after month after month. So those are your tips for your five top KPIs. Hope you guys enjoyed this video. If you have not yet, I highly suggest you get your tickets to the STR Wealth Conference. We are almost 50% sold out in the last two weeks since we launched it. They're going real quick. So go grab those tickets. They're $5.97 right now, and they will continue to go up. So we've already sold out all the super early bird. Now we're into the early bird special. So $597 for three days of content. Welcome party. It's going to be off the charts. we got speakers from all over the world coming in. It's going to be amazing. So make sure you go check that out. It's going to be June 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Go to strwealthconference.com. I can't wait to see you down there. Take care, everybody. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.